Hello everybody, my name's Luke and welcome to episode 46 of The Naked Student. So, why did we set up The Naked Student podcast? That's a great question, Luke. The Naked Student offers a stripped-back approach to all topics relating to student life, as well as discussing the big questions that face us all during our formative years. Some podcasts can be rather overwhelming to listen to, and thus we aim to cover everything in a relaxed fashion to make these topics more accessible for young people, by young people. So as always at the start, I have to plug our Instagram, which is the naked student underscore. Um, it's probably the best place to find us. We you know, put up a photo every time that we have an episode out. We try and do polls, just generally try and engage the audience, or try and get your feedback as much as possible. So Instagram is probably the best place to find us. Uh, we also have a Twitter page as well. So that's at TNS underscore podcasts. That S, so very important at the end. But we use Twitter for um, articles uh, that, that lead on from the discussions that we have often. So we, we use it for a slightly different purpose, I'd say. But if, you, if something really piques your interest, then that is the place to go. We also uh, ask as well, if you have an iPhone and you, you're enjoying listening to, to The Naked Student, then if you could go to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a nice review, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, it helps us climb the charts uh, and get our message out to as many people as possible, which is, of course, the aim of the podcast as well. So, yeah, if you have an iPhone, head over to Apple Podcasts. It takes two minutes tops uh, to leave us a review. But today, episode 46... I am joined by my good friend, Tom. How are you, Tom? I'm good, thanks, Lukey. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I've been excited to do this for a while now. We've been planning it for, you know, a few weeks. And it's a good time to come on, uh, really, you know, now that we've, we've got a, a decent profile, I think. Yeah, I think so. Look, I'm a big fan of the pod, so very happy to come on. Yeah, no, I mean, you've, you've obviously been listening for a while now, and it's, yeah. been, uh, it's been so nice to have, you know, to have those conversations with people when, when they pick up on old episodes that we've done. So, yeah, finally on. Though. How does it feel to be on? Do you know what? It's a little bit surreal. A bit surreal like, obviously, yeah. big fanboy moment coming in. <laughs> I was driving down this morning, mum dropped me off, very bleak day outside, but yeah, I was like, oh, awful. a little bit of excitement coming on. Yeah, there we go. Well, was, I think it was walking into the room for the first time, seeing like the setup with the mic. Yeah, yeah realize, behind, the, behind the scenes. Man. People don't realise professional operation here. <laughs> Thank you. We do try. We do try. Um, I just obviously outline what we're going to talk about today, uh, as always, so that the listeners can think, oh, that bit sounds really interesting, or mm, that bit doesn't really appeal to me as much. But first off, we're going to go, you know, that personal side, that's what we like to do on this show. We're going to talk probably from the age of 16. Tom has always been a, a very high achiever. He's always worked very hard. For, from from the years that I've known you and I think it'd be quite interesting just to go into that that motivation you know where does it come from do we have days where we don't have motivation we're just going to delve into all of that obviously you have to pointless facts which Tom was very excited about as I well I am pretty excited I'm, I'm looking it's, forward to hearing it's a legendary <laughs> segment of the show to be honest <laughs> the best segment of the show yeah um, but after that we're going to talk about the future of work we're going to, that's quite a broad topic, but there are loads of parts we want to go into. So the big company versus the small company. Um, and obviously you're, you're working yep. at a big company right now. So talking about that, the culture, is there going to be a shift in culture? What, what is work really going to look like? 
So some big questions, some existential Some thoughts. really, really big questions. <laughs> I can imagine some people Let's just not get too there, existential. Right? Oh, no, no, no. We'll leave that. What's the for, meaning of life and whatnot? <laughs> and, then, and then I just space out and can't talk. But yeah, yeah also just things such as imposter syndrome as well. I know that we've, we've covered that very briefly, but I think it's very important. Mm. It's something that a lot of people feel. So we'll be delving into that as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to this chat a lot, actually. And I know that, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll start at, um, yeah, the age of 16, I think, is a, a good place to start because it's it's when everyone's starting to become an adult, I want to say. You've got your GCSEs, uh, the first exams that matter. So you did very well at GCSE, didn't you? Did okay. <laughs> what does okay mean then? Um, yeah, so I came up GCSEs with 11 A stars. <laughs> So that's, yeah, that's okay, obviously. Well, you know, you don't want to like... <laughs> no, no it, one ever says like, I did really well. Yeah, it's a really group. difficult one to approach that. That's um, true. Yeah, no, did, did well at GCSE, but then again, like, MGS, like, competitive environment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it, was, um, it yeah. was a crazy environment when you look back. I mean, I know that this is something you've picked up on the pod a few times before, but incredibly cutthroat, mm. very competitive, yeah. very meritocratic. Yes, it, and like, exactly. I mean, GCSE day comes and you, you get results then you and everyone's done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so for those uh, listeners who, who don't uh, know MGS, so Manchester Grammar is the, is the school that me and Tom uh, went to and a few of the people who have been in the show, obviously I've known them from school, uh, went to Manchester Grammar. Um, so it, the environment was... It was it was challenging at times, wasn't yeah. it? And it's not just you know, it's with with a lot of these sort of academic schools. I want to say it can be really tough. Yeah, it can be really tough. You can make or break you. I was talking to someone about this the other day, and look, I mean, I think we both look back very fondly. Mm. Like the formative years at MGS were like a really good yeah. part of our lives. Yeah. but it's not for everyone. Like, absolutely, no. it's not for everyone. No. And it was incredibly academically focused. But yeah, it's be, it's tough being in a kind of a dynamic in a situation where everyone's doing well and it's hard I mean not a lot of, it's hard to stand out uh, well, in this that is environment the, this is the the difficulty when I look you know when I have hindsight the wonderful hindsight it can be a beautiful thing and a horrible thing but yeah. at GCSE uh, you know I thought I'd done really well so, so yeah Magic Game everyone just sort of did really well that's the thing yeah. you went there because you were you know highly academic and I remember I got I got like uh, seven A stars, three A's, and which is incredible. Really yeah, but then it managed to come. I was I was below average, or I, or I was that was the average, and it, that is crazy when I when I look at that yeah. environment because at the time you don't really think about it, you're like this is just it, but then when you step out of that, so obviously when you go to uni, you're like whoa, what the hell? That's not yeah. what real life is necessarily like. I know, which is crazy. But then so you got obviously you were one of the top. Uh, end a, a managed to grammar. Did you ever feel, you know, the the pressure to constantly be at the top from getting eleven A stars? You were, did you say right? I've always got to be up there now. This is it. Um, yeah, I think so. But there were always people above you, which was the oh, thing. Like yeah. I, I'm just, I didn't particularly think that I was that intelligent. I just thought that was like the norm. Mm. Like um, there were always people who were, you know, there thereabouts, like driving you onwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, um, as I say, pretty damn competitive, but. But did you thrive off that? Do you know that you you really enjoyed that? I, 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 look, as an individual, I do like the competitive side of things. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I personally enjoyed. But I can see why other people might not have enjoyed it. But yeah, it was good when you get like I don't know. It's it's one of those schools where 
people it's cool to like do well and to yeah. try and yeah. people are like well you've not like worked for this exam or really like who are yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so like you go into like i don't know like some meaningless like test on a friday in biology mm. and people be cramming revision outside yeah. trying to like do well yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah it really no, it was like it was the kind of environment that really did drive you onwards big time and i, I think it's really important that we just notice how privileged we were to go oh, to school yeah. i think you know i'm incredibly grateful that i was given the opportunity just to do that and I think we both are aren't we we're incredibly grateful of that but a really beautiful thing about Manchester Grammar um, was the fact that it it wasn't a posh school at all and this is what's crazy is people are like oh MGS MGS it it was not posh in the slightest was it because of their the way that they did their admissions you know huge bursary fund which is the way it should be the bursary fund's been trying to be copied like throughout the UK I know that St Paul's at the moment have tried to use it as a model for like changing the way in which they deal with admissions Mm -hmm. but yeah like it it definitely didn't have like a posh culture about it at all it was incredible like, it was just literally just focused on the academics, wasn't it? Nobody yeah. really cared about social background. No, and also, I think something thing. which we don't talk about a lot is, is very diverse. Obviously, Incredibly all, all boys' diverse, school, which yeah. you can have your opinions on, is that outdated or whatnot, which, I mean, increasingly, I do think maybe so. I think uh, that's a good question to actually raise because I don't think I'd ever send my future son well, to an all-boys well, school. This is the interesting thing, is that I love MGS and it really was like the making of yeah it developed you yeah 100 percent. but i don't know if i would send my children there no i just think it's so important to have the opposite sex there from such a young age different perspectives isn't it 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 really forms like the way in which you deal with relationships the way that that you deal with friendships in a completely different that is exactly it and i think it was quite an unusual environment it wasn't until i got to uni really that I started to to realise that the all boys thing was, yeah, it, it, it like it, the testosterone that was present yeah. in that school, like it was great and it was diverse and we say this, but there was, you know, it, we had this thing called like Beef Mondays. Do you remember? Like after after a <laughs> weekend. Oh, I mean, that was like in the, 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 the sixth form centre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone like rolls in with their toast. <laughs> just and they just sit there um, like, oh, what's going to happen today? The drama unfolds. Yeah, it? but it is like I know people are probably listening. Thinking, oh, there's just a bunch of lads. But it it kind of was. This is the problem. And I don't like that lad culture at all. And you get lost. It's not, it wasn't laddy because obviously everyone was worked incredibly hard. It wasn't your quintessential lad. lad. Yeah. But it was still quite. It, it was it still was, quite. It was a it was lavish. a toxic atmosphere at times. Like, wasn't I, it? I, no, I 100% get what you mean. And it was weird. I remember going to university, like first class I'd ever been in with boys and girls or kind of genders and sexualities was at university and that is strange going in as a 19 year old or whatever I was yeah it is it's crazy and and I I would I would say that I'll definitely send my kids to a mixed school yeah because I just think what you touched on before that the way you deal with relationships and friendships from from a younger age I think it's so important perspective um, if we had girls at school, we we would have been so a lot different. more mellow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, rather than I, I do think it, the other problem was was it probably ego. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it's important to touch on that. Like at any um, sort of not only like a in an all boys all girls school, but an academic school, you you do have an ego, and I think that's really bad as well. Well, I think you have egos everywhere, but I do think that yeah, it was, I think in this case it was especially kind of an environment where egos were developed. Yes, and you you told, like, you are, you know, you're 
it's such a privilege to go to the school. I, and I think that's so true of all boys' school because I was hearing yeah. this perspective from someone else who was talking about a very similar school in London. And you are you are told like from a young age, oh, you're in like the top whatever percent and mm-hmm. you're going to go on, you're going to be doing this and that's great. Mm-hmm. And look, obviously like positive reinforcement is fantastic and like is, obviously yeah. really good in someone's development. But at the same time, it creates this complex where it's like, yes, you go out into the outside world and you're like, oh, well, I'm fantastic. I'm like yep, God's gift it. essentially. Yeah. And that's dangerous. And that is toxic. That is dangerous because it, again, you know, we touched on relationships, but you will take that into relationships. Yeah, 100%. And it's really important to remove, I, I think having an ego can be a good thing because it drives you yes but I think you've got to be careful that it remains something that is just purely a driver fine line between self-confidence and arrogance and I like it yeah, yeah. very true it's very true like you you think um, self-confidence is often you're just quiet you go about your business and you back yourself yeah whereas if you have that arrogance you're always loud you're you don't like, need look to be so extroverted about it yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in people's faces exactly but, um, yeah look there was definitely the potential in that environment to create you know that kind of personality trait but it was good I mean like you know I'd like to think that you know both you and I and and, and a lot of our friends have come out as pretty solid individuals I I think we're right look look, it's easy to be critical but at the same time like yeah exactly look we're we're focusing on all the negatives now but it's it's a fantastic school fantastic environment and um Um, it's but as we said we're so privileged and it's really important that we just notice that like we we got the opportunity yeah and it's amazing but let's bring it back so you you know in terms of motivation, you've always been, yeah, someone who's highly motivated. Do you, where does that come from? Is there a specific drive where you've always been like, you've had a goal from a young age, you're like, I want to be here and I'm just going to work towards that? Or is that, is that not the case? I, I wouldn't say it was like, there has been like a particular goal and it's like, I must reach that, otherwise like I've failed in life. First thing I do want to pick up on is um, a very bit of a nurture thing was like, Growing up in my household with my mum, she's incredibly hardworking. Right, yeah. And so that definitely, like... That role model type Yeah, thing, that yeah. role model mm-hmm. thing. And, like, yeah, look, I'm... Within our household, it was me, my brother, and my mum. Yeah. And she definitely imparted that on my brother and I. Um, like, incredibly hardworking. She would always, like, give us the rhetoric that, like, if you want something, then you work for it. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a bit, there's a very big difference between being talented and having a work ethic. Yeah. Because talent means that you can do something. Work ethic means that you can then go and achieve it. Yeah. And she always kind of um, imparted that on us. So I've always been hardworking from that sense of things. Mm-hmm. And then from the motivation side of it is just um, I quite like setting goals, like little goals and achieving them. And then you can have little goals and then you can have a wider goal. Yeah, like so it's that. like, I want to achieve X and how am I going to get there? Well, it's little building blocks at a time. I like that. I like that and I quite like the process of just setting goals yeah. and then constantly like hopefully getting a little bit better. And look, there's always going to be set and there's always going to be like pitfalls and drawbacks yeah. and things that don't always go to plan. But I've I've always enjoyed that. Well, I'm gonna do this, gonna and then I'm gonna again, do the yeah. next thing, and then the next thing. Do you like write it down? Like, do you have like a sheet where you're like, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I do, today yeah. I'm gonna do that. You do, yeah. I do. Well, I mean, so I have a I have like a little calendar situation going on on my laptop. I've got um, I I use sticky notes, nice. and I say I like today, today this is what I'm gonna get done, and then I, like I tick them off as I go, and it's nice. So it works, this is a psychological yeah. thing, isn't it? That if you tick off things they i can't remember what it was there's a study that showed that like ticking things is more effective than putting a line through because yes. a line through it's a negative yes. thing whereas yeah. if you tick something then that's a it's positive, a positive reinforcement yeah. and it's like you you've done something you've accomplished something so on a daily basis i do that and then mm. the big stuff um 
I kind of have on my notes on my phone. Yeah, because... And it, you just refer back to it every now and then to kind of, like, remind yourself why you're doing things. Yes, I think just it's Just to so keep important. you motivated that there's something to, like, work towards. I think it's... I mean, the, the reason I ask is just because I've started using a diary quite recently. I remember you saying uh, that. Yeah, yeah, and it's honestly the effects have been... At first, obviously, nothing happens, but after a few weeks, it's, it's really surprising how you just... At the start of a day, you're like, right, what am I going to do today? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're like, wow, that's what I've I've hit that. Yeah. I've done that. And it's that positivity so really does have a big effect. Do you refer back to it twice a day? So you, you go in in the morning and then you yeah. refer back at night? And so say, um, yeah. it's a diary called the Six Minute Diary. And I was, because I was reading, so I used to have one and I just, because it was just a sheet of paper, literally, I didn't know what to do. I, yeah. I kind of find it <laughs> overwhelming because I was like, what do I write? Like anything. But this is like a structure. So it's, it's, um, what are you grateful for? Three things you're grateful for. Then you have, um, what am I going to do today? So what are my goals of, of the day ahead? And then you do a positive affirmation in the morning. And then in the evenings, you ref- it's reflection. So yeah. it's, um, what could I have done better today? What, how, you know, what have I done today? So what are the great things I've experienced? And it's just, yeah, the reason I ask is because it's just such a, an easy thing to do, to just have a, have notes and then just hit one of them. It doesn't take a lot of time either. It doesn't take any I lo- time. I love yeah. what you say about like self-reflection. That's so nice so to go back at the end of the day. Yeah. One, it's good for like a positive reinforcement that you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And also like to make sure that you're keeping on with your goals. But it's, yeah. I think it's quite good for your mentality. Just it's being exactly like, right. I'm, I'm doing something. Like I've had purpose. I've done something with my day. And that, that failure is what I really like in the diary. How could I have improved? Well, that's, I think that's the best thing about it. It's the, because um, self-awareness is such, self-awareness. An, it's such an important part of emotional intelligence. It's being, a, it's being able to reflect on what reflect. you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and, and not being overly critical not being like oh i'm so disappointed oh, yeah, in myself. Don't want to just be... being like hey I, I didn't do this today and, and tomorrow i'm going to correct that such a good mindset it is yeah. and it, it's only sort of very recently as i say that it is is started to change but have you had that mentality of like the small blocks that you like to hit you know the small targets have you had that from when you were a kid or has that been a recent um, I, I think recent thing i think look you're not super aware are you when you're younger no, um, no, no. And, I, and i think it's just a case of you know you get told like oh i've got to do this i've got to do that and then eventually you start building up as like well i want to do this and i want to do that mm. and then eventually it kind of like it morphs over time i'm not going to say that it was like one cutoff point where it's just like well, from this day on, I'm going to start with this, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this approach to yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it just gradually builds over time. Mm-hmm. And then you become more aware of how you how you operate as an individual yes. and how you go about achieving things. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite, like, a methodical person. And so yeah, that works are. for me. Look, I'm not going to sit here and preach and say that's going to work for everyone. No, no, no. no. But, but it's, for, it's a way. For it's me as method. an individual, that works. Do you get a bit derailed if a plan doesn't come to fruition because yes. I know that yeah is this the case because I know that if you're a meticulous planner or you like as you said to have yeah. a goal did you did, did you used to struggle when things might not go your way oh 100% like really really quite badly yeah because it's like you plan so much don't you and it's like I want I want to do x and I'm going to get there by doing a b and c and you've planned it out so well and it's so nicely thought out and then if you don't get that then you're like oh you get really disappointed mm-hmm. And have you got better at dealing with that as you got older, or I th- I is think, it still an issue? I think so because you just take your, you just remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think look, obviously, there's always going to be that kind of, I don't know, that short period where you're a bit upset or you're maybe a bit angry or a bit yeah. frustrated. But once you've removed yourself from that and you look back on it, and you're like, well, it's not a big thing. I can, yeah. I can do this and I can yeah. work around it. Look, there's always going to be setbacks in life, and I think that when you fail, that's probably when you learn the most. I, I love that you just said that because that's what I wanted to talk about as well. Is that that failure? It, it, it 
it, you let it define you, I think, at the start. Yes. You're like, this is who I am, I'm a failure. And then you suddenly realise, no, that well, is, this is, this is where I can correct. Well, it's very easy to, get, to kind of set yourself a goal and then in your head be like, the person I want to be is that thing. Mm-hmm. And that you're like, well, that's going to define me. And if I get there, great, I am that person. Yes. And then if you fail from that, you're like, well, I thought I was this and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really quite damaging. Yeah. So it's really good to have that mentality that, look, a failure is not, it's not going to define me, but it actually yeah. you treat it as an opportunity. I love that so much. Genuinely, failure is the most important thing because when, when you, it's not even that when you're succeeding, you don't learn, but it's like when you're just plodding along, do you know what I yeah. mean? Like you, you're just sort of going to keep in the same uh, habits, same trends. I mean, I'm speaking from, from experience, like at, at uni, I was just coasting. That's the word in that you coast. Yeah. And when you get hit with a setback, you're like, oh my God, it jolts you into yeah. action. So I love yeah. what you said. See it as an opportunity to, to, to not start again, but correct one part of you or, or something that's going to better you. Do you know what? It's just literally the slightest mentality shift from treating something as a negative to then as a positive. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, it's the way that everyone needs to start looking at, at life, but you don't really do it until you... No, I mean, look, and I'm older. not going to say that I do this all the time. No. And like, sometimes, like, you just end up, like, there'll be periods of your life where you just coast along, as you say. Oh, big time, yeah. And then sometimes, like, it takes something and it snaps you back into really being proactive about things. Self-awareness. Yeah. Just being able to be like, oh, my God, I've been coasting I, for, like... I think it would be impossible to be completely self-aware all the time. Of course yeah. it is, yeah. And it's like, you'll have a chat like this and then you'll be like, oh, well... What, is, what have I been doing? And it like it does force you to kind of like reevaluate everything. That's exactly it, and that's what the the, the it's a skill really. It's a skill, but I, I think it is really important that you said that that there is a pressure to be a hundred percent all the time. Like you know, this is where this is yeah. where I have a real issue with like self help stuff, right? Because it's, you know <laughs> the idea of like self awareness and all yeah. that crap. Um, like all, as in like being, it suggests you have to do it all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. But in reality, it's impossible to it's do it impossible, all the time. It's yeah. impossible to do it all the time. But it's the, the pressure. You feel the pressure to do it but all the time. What I love about what you were saying about your journal is that it gives you a structure yeah. to do it. Yeah. And so that's the thing that even if like you're coasting at points in your life and like you can just look back on your journal and like that forces you to do it. But that's exactly it. And reading it's, over it over a period but of time. It's, it's a habit, isn't it? Like yes, it once is. you create a habit and then yes, you create is. a lifestyle change, I can't remember how many days. 66. 60, there we go. That was just because I've read it, not because it's in, I just read that it was so quick. <laughs> so bang. Man, you came back that fast. <laughs> it's got all the stats up here. <laughs> but yeah, 66 days, which is, yeah, it's quite a long time. But then before you know it, it's You'll not that be doing it. Great scheme of things. It's not grand, that long. It's exactly. like that's the way to look at it. In a year, it's three hundred and sixty. So it's what it's Six, sixty days. Year. It's a sixth of a year, essentially. Exactly. So yeah. that, if you break it down to that, you're like, hey, that's nothing. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. So we go off track. We are, but in a very good way. <laughs> this is what I love. You know, we're getting into it. But so at A level, um, you did you did very well again, didn't you? You worked really hard. Yeah. And what, what, what did you do at A level? Uh, did? I did maths, economics, and politics nice that's a good so, combination but it's two new subjects when you're going into it when you think yeah. about it because yeah. like how do you know that that's going to be the right subjects for you mm. and like I had this preconceived idea and I, I don't know if we're going to talk about it that it's like I've been told like well once I've been told from a young age and then also I kind of set myself a target from a young age that I'm going to go to Oxford I'm going to do PPE mm-hmm. and so I was thinking what if I do politics and economics and maths that's going to perfectly set me up mm-hmm. but then my AS level like I did chemistry and chemistry was something like I was pretty good at and so I was like oh, I'll do chemistry and I came out getting my best AS result was in chemistry really? and then yeah and then I dropped it <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that just because you just didn't enjoy it or um, no because it I had serve a purpose. Beca- because it was this whole purpose thing that I had this idea that 
I'm going to like I'm going to go for Oxford. I'm going to do PP or yeah. E&M or one of those subjects. And I was like, well, what what purpose does chemistry have? Yeah. And if I went back and I told myself, I'd be like, look, it doesn't matter what the what you do now. Exactly. Just do what you're interested in. Exactly. That's what I, is 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 so important because you will excel in what you're interested in as well. Yeah. This is the other thing. And as you get older, you know, those sort of interests may be put to one side a little bit if you've got to do that, you know, you hone in on a speciality. But yeah, I, I was the same as you, to be honest with you. Like, I I actually made the, the course. I, my original choices, this was for A-level, were economics, maths, uh, physics, and I can't remember the last one, but it was that, that Very route. different than what you ended up doing. Yeah, and then at the last minute, I was like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I don't enjoy it. It's just, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. And I completely changed to history, classics, English lit, politics. It could not be more different. Literally, literally could not be. Which is crazy. Have physics like classics. Right? <laughs> literally. You're a chameleon, aren't you, Lee? You've like, got, got the full range, yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. It's all gone. It's all gone now. It's all gone to part. <laughs> at the time, yeah. And then I really enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. It was the best decision ever. But that Oxbridge thing, I want to I talk about that a little bit. So did you have the pressure from the school to go to... Oxbridge, or was it just something you wanted to do from um, from a family point of view? You wanted to. Go? Uh, I think there were there were very there were many different elements to it, and I remember sitting down with Mr. Molyneux, who's a economics teacher he at was the time. A econ teacher, yeah. um, and I'd always been of the case like I don't know if I'm going to do it. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to do it because I was applying deferred to everywhere. I think mm. that's that's important to point yes, out to start yes, with. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but that didn't go very well. Um, I think we will. <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> that went horrendously. Um, <laughs> um, and I remember sitting down with him and I had so many conversations with him in the school. It was like, I don't know whether I'm going to apply. I don't know if I'm going to apply. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, in the end, he was like, I think you really should apply. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of had that pressure. I put, I put a lot of pressure on myself, um, which again was quite a negative thing. And then you yeah, look, my family's like generation, like my mum and dad, they're like, you know, if you're good, you go to Oxford, you go to yes. Cambridge, like this kind of thing. It's that, that is and definitely... that could not be further from the truth. Yeah. Like, there are, look, no doubt, a lot of people who go to Oxford and Cambridge, incredibly intelligent, very impressive individuals. But that doesn't mean that everyone who doesn't go to Oxford isn't that level. Like, yeah, but this is the, this is the rubbish thing. I, I just it's, don't understand. It's just a misconception. Massively. Some of the smartest people I know go to different whatever yeah. universities like the guy right I, the guy very rare example but the guy who's like head of Deloitte at the moment went yeah. to East Anglia went to East Anglia like it's <laughs> the uni the institution you go to doesn't really matter that much it's what you do you know during yeah. your time there you know do you get a, a good degree and do you work hard after you exactly know, you just get you get to work it's whatever fits the right person that's you it. know what I mean not everyone is set up for Oxford and Cambridge life no and I mean looking back looking back on it the way that things panned out for me honestly couldn't have gone better I mean, going to LSE and going to London was literally again we'll probably touch on this later yeah 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 but that was my like that literally has been the best route for me it all works out like, it all works out because <laughs> I um I I got rejected from Cambridge after an interview and I really after getting to the interview stage I'd really gone from just doing it because I was told yeah you should go yeah. for it to actually believing that it was going to happen yeah. so like I'd you know you work really hard for the interview like any interview and and then when it when it didn't come you know to fruition I was I was broken I think yeah. it really did me in that because you it's that that weight of expectation um yeah. that you have where you're like this is what I have to do I now. I have to do well, it. Well, you build it up for yourself, don't you? build you? it up in your head. And then, yeah, and then I didn't actually get my grades to go to UCL. UCL was my first choice. I forget, and I forget that. Yeah, I missed out. Oh, I missed out uh, <laughs> by one year mess. Did you actually? And it was because oh, the way that A-levels, you know, it works. So, like, 
you had to get over 90 in yeah. your A2 to go... I know it's different nowadays because they got rid of ASs. Haven't they've they? got numbers now, haven't they've they? They've got numbers or, or something. I this is when you realise you're getting old because you're like, what the hell is going God, on there? 23. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't get in and I went to Edinburgh and it was the best thing. Well, you loved it, didn't you? Loved it. And Absolutely. It all works out, like you just said, like what's supposed to happen will happen. I do yeah. believe that in many ways. What did you apply to at Cambridge? Just out of interest. Uh, I did it. Applied for history. Did you? Applied right, for history, nice. though. And... Um, Oh my god! I'll tell you just quickly that in the interview, so you you obviously prepare as much as you yeah. can. You, you have a subject that you specialise in, and and um, when you when you were talking about that, it's fine. And then in the the second interview, right? <laughs> so they just sit you in a room, plonk you down. You don't know what to expect, and they were like, right, gave me this massive booklet. Um, I'm talking about hundreds of pages, and it was on the Spanish conquistadores in the Dominican Republic Lovely in the 17th accent, century. Thank you so much, thank you. And they they were like, right, you got ten minutes, and I was like, what? <laughs> and they just gave me this huge booklet, and they were like, right, read through that. I think I'll probably get through a page. Yeah, like literally, I just, you panic so I'd much. I'd be so shaky as yeah, well. Yeah, but I'd be like, and then they'd ask me that. Oh, I don't remember. It was crazy, and then they just asked me these questions like. What did you think of his argument? I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, how am I supposed to pick up the gist of his argument? I've just read the back cover. Literally, <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but then, yeah, that just scarred me. Because yeah. um, then you start to doubt yourself, don't you? That's a lot of lot of pressure to put on a 17... I can't remember, how old we, was he? We yeah, 17. 17, 17 yeah. That's a lot of pressure to put on a 17-year-old. Did you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was awful, really. But yeah. as you said, like you went down to London, didn't mm. you? And you you thrived in that. I, I, I look, I loved it. Look again. Not going to say this is going to work for everyone, but for me, it was literally like the perfect. What situation. did you like about it? Um, about the university or the Just city? Like general London, you know, and 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 the uni, I guess. I think. Well, LSE is quite different because it's like a bubble within a city. Yeah. So it's lovely because you can escape and you've got you know London, mm-hmm. and it's quite and it's quite a good opportunity to kind of explore that city as a student because you have a little bit more time on your hands you know mm. you're not working whatever like god awful hours um you, typically you're living quite centrally like if you're in halls and then when you move out you you know you don't have to pay council tax so you can afford actually like a quite a decent place, quite a nice place like yeah. a young professional wouldn't have been able to afford my flat from third year because really? council tax is too much on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas obviously you don't pay that as a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I absolutely loved London. I loved everything that it had to offer. I loved how like multicultural, diverse yes. it was. So much to do. You could all, like there was always something going always, on. Like yeah, that's you, the thing. There was literally always something to do, and there were always like new parts to see. Mm-hmm. I love how like every single like different section of it was like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So you could go off and like go to Angel and like the back streets and the gorgeous townhouses, mm-hmm. and like and then the next day you could be somewhere like. Uh, the city, or yeah, like well, literally two stops down on the tube, and it's oh, a it's whole mad. different and it's, world. It's a completely different world. Yes. Whereas, like most cities are like quite homogenous in yeah. how they're designed. Um, whereas I felt like every single um, little area had a different character about yeah, it, yeah, which yeah. I did enjoy. And then as a university, I just loved it as an environment. Did you? Well, I mean, LSE is obviously renowned as one of the, the, the finest institutions in the world, but. So what did you, what did you do? You did government. I did and poli- well government economics. It's government now economics. they've changed the name now. It's politics and economics. Yeah. So that must have been a very competitive environment as well. Or, or, or did you find it slightly more relaxing than, than the environment you come from? Do you know? Do you know what? Like you, and this was another good thing about MGS going back to this is that you come from an environment which is incredibly competitive. Yeah. So that does really kind of prepare you for university, and then yeah. you get there and you're like, oh, it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? Mm. Like you just continue doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm very fortunate that I was in a position where it wasn't that much of like a drastic shock. Yes. But for me, the hard thing was that I'd obviously just come from a year of work yeah. and like I came back in and like, 
my my maths was poor. And <laughs> I was doing like a mathematical kind of mathematical course. I was like, I could not remember anything. And then yeah. I started panicking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But eventually, look, you just get back into the swing of things. But um, yeah, it's not a lot of contact hours. Very much like self study, which I prefer. And Do you I, prefer I, that? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy like doing things on like my own time. Um, but again, that comes from that deep motivation that you clearly have. You know, because I I really struggle sometimes when it's got to be yeah. self motivated. Yeah. I like having structure almost, you know what I mean? I, I, know, I know what you mean. It's like if you've got structure and you have to be in for you something. Have to do it, yeah, Whereas yeah, like yeah. if you're just on your own time, then it's like you've got to force yourself to go in. But is that because you really enjoyed the work? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. You really li- you yeah. actually liked the, the course well, itself. One, I enjoyed the course and then two, like again, setting like little goals for yourself. Like mm. I enjoyed like the element that's like, oh, I want I want to do well. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. And so then it was like every formative, like you want to do okay, and then it comes to a summative, and you want to like take your momentum and do well yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously you've got your exams at the end of the year, which is possibly the most like awful process in the world because it's like you've just got two months where everyone is just depressed, and because it's like <laughs> yeah. such a bubble, like it yeah. affects you, and like you have the same conversations. You're walking around like, how are you doing? It's like, oh, I did twelve hours in the library yesterday, and yeah. everyone's like, everyone's always got a cup of coffee in their hand, and they're like, looks like they've gone through the most traumatic experience. But <laughs> and then you finish that and just get a really drink thing for oh, like a course. few weeks, of and course. that's the best time of your life. That is, but, um, I think that, that week or two after summer exams are done is. Like the best time ever. Goes genuinely. by in a flash, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, literally. Yeah. Because you don't really remember. <laughs> and you're always either. doing stuff. And the thing is, like, you're, you're so bored when you're revising oh, that it's, it's like you plan to do something every single second of yeah, the day. Yeah, you're like, I'm, it's going to be amazing. And what you probably should do is have like a week of sleep and yeah, go for like a spa retreat and <laughs> just take a bit of you time. Ruin right? your body. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then set yourself back even further. Yeah. But also, what you did at uni, which I, I find incredible, is not only was, you know, the work. Uh, challenging you also decided to do a PT course didn't you I did yeah so personal trainer obviously why good question (laughs) (laughs) still still thinking about this one (laughs) do you know what um so it was it was just before second year was starting and like I, I enjoy keeping fit like I think something we both like have a common interest in um and this opportunity came like I think so, so one of our mutual friends brought the opportunity to me and was just like look you can do it on student finance you can do it at the weekends I was like yeah that sounds like a pretty cool thing to do um, so there was one side of it that I had like an intrinsic interest in like the field and then two I was just like why not why not yeah. <laughs> why not just like do something a little bit different learn about something new time management must have been crazy for that it was look it was quite bad because it was eight weeks or so and mm-hmm. like do you know what like you do quite a few exams um, really so yeah like every two weeks or so you'd have like so you had like exams on like uh human biology you had exams on um just basic fitness things um you had like practical exams where you had to like show people around and you got marked by someone it's like if you like so for example if you stepped over a weight that's a fail you can't do that and it's if you're putting like dumbbells on the ground you have to put them in a crisscross really (laughs) and stuff like that yes there's there's little things to pick up on so yeah i found i was i was doing quite a lot of revision alongside my uni work what? But I don't know. Mad. Look, it was it was eight weeks. And was, um, in my mind, I was just like, yeah, look, I'll just. It's a cool I, thing to say. I, yeah, I'll, I'll go out like once a week, um, yeah. like on a Wednesday, like midweek. Like I just have to be like really efficient in my work. So like on the lunch breaks when I was doing the PT course, so I'd do my accounting, like and stuff really? like that. So wow. yeah, I started like it was quite nice though because I had like quite a decent routine. Mm-hmm. Like I was like I do this module on this day and this module on this day, and yeah. I knew that it would come through and I'd like do my accounting like at the lunchtime and stuff like that do you enjoy 
being busy. Yes. That's what, yeah. I'm, that's what I, you know, I'm really picking up is like you like having time filled with I, things I do. to do. And then I complain about it. That's the thing. Like you can't <laughs> have the very first to be like, oh, oh, Jesus, I'm so busy at the yeah, moment. It's hard. I wish, but, I, had oh, I, wish I really had sleep. And then like two days later, I'll have nothing to do. And then I'd be like, really want some purpose in my life. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it comes back to this, that it is a lot to do with purpose and mm. being like, feeling useful and just feeling, feeling you're uh, contributing yeah just feeling like you're, you're doing things and I, I enjoy that side of things so um I find that that's that's fascinating to me like just you know because at uni I, I didn't really have that much contact time, but I'd never think like right I'm gonna go and you know do this as another yeah. course on the side and it's, it's 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 commendable really that you did that it's incredible I, I, I don't know I think it's I just enjoy I don't even think about it like that I was just like I enjoy it like which is I mean it's but this is the this is the, the thing. So like connecting with something, finding that enjoyment is quite hard. Like, do you break it down to like it's very base level that you enjoy, like that you connect with? This is with regards to PT, so especially. I don't know. This is I think overanalyzing it a bit too much. I don't like, honestly. I, I don't know, man. I think was, I'm, I'm just I'm just I know, interested. I know. I know. It's it's a very deep question. <laughs> that is a deep, it's a very deep. Spring, that what is happiness? Like yeah. breaking down like the basic level of. <laughs> What brings Sorry, you enjoyment? I, I always get into this. I can only apologise. So, it is it is amazing that you did that. Yeah, look, I, I think I just enjoyed it. Wanted to do something a bit different. Had yeah. an interest in the field, so it's like I want to expand my knowledge. And also, it's like I'm probably going to be like exercising for the rest of my life. I want to yes. do it correctly. Yeah, There's always that side of it, which yeah. Um, I guess another good bit of advice just from this is like for people listening who who kind of are interested in something like, oh, I could do that. Just do it. Yeah, just do just it. Why do not? It and then see what happens. Like, if you'd have done it and you found it probably a bit, you know, too overwhelming, you could have easily just been like, look, I'm actually, this is a bit yeah, too much. exactly. But exactly. Just, just do it, yeah. I guess. And that's what, I, that's why I'm so, I find it in, incredible, man, because um, it's, it's such a great thing to do from a young age. You just, know, you've got just, that. Just, it just broadens your horizons, doesn't Mentality, it? Do some, yes. Just do something a bit different. Make, make yourself in, interesting. Make yourself interesting. Something to talk about. There yeah, you go. Yeah, like, literally, like, oh, I'm I also did a personal <laughs> trainer. You'd be like, whoa. What? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's it. I just did it for a conversation topic. I knew, I knew, <laughs> look, I forethought, I was like, I'm coming on Lukey's pod in however long, <laughs> even before you'd had the idea. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it'd be conceived in And I was mind. like, this is something we can talk about. I love it. Mom. And then Lukey can it. get really deep about it. <laughs> what is happiness? <laughs> you did say we were going existential, to be fair. Well, it's going to happen, I'm sure. I mean, we're just, we're just delving into it ever so slightly, but I reckon it's on the horizon. But yeah, look, I just... As a slight recap for, for the people listening, you know, Tom has always been, you know, a high achiever, he's always worked really hard. And hopefully what you picked up from this is that having a structure is, is quite important, isn't it? Having, yes. well, um, I mean, uh, order almost. Again, I think, look, it, again, depends on the person. I'm a very meticulous person, so I love mm. having structure. Mm. And I think, like, when my structure breaks, that can really get to me. Yeah. Like, even little things, like, during the day, if someone, like, tells me, if I have, like... And this is going to sound really sad, but like if I have like the gym planned at some point in the day, it's like, I'm going to go at this point. And then someone's like, oh, you can't do that anymore because you've got to do this. Right. I feel like, oh, what do I do now? And like yeah, that, like that yeah, little, yeah. something that like literally throws, and it, look, it's only like a momentary, like sparring the work. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it won't get you down. It's not, gonna, it's not going to get yeah. down, but yeah, it's yeah. like a moment, like it will cross my mind and be like, well, I was going to go to the gym then. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's it. like, I, so I love having that kind of schedule, mm. but a lot of people are very like off the cuff lot like very ad hoc so again mm. we're not going to preach and say this works no, for everyone you gotta figure out what works for you but I, I would say that having that that just a list of things does really help because yeah. sometimes you can feel overwhelmed and lost if you just sit there and write down small goals small goals and they they will 
Yeah, turn into a big goal probably one day, won't yeah. it? If you do it, the think, little small steps. I think another thing to pick up on, it, which I don't know, is that something I kind of try to live by is like fall in love with the process. Yes, I love that. Which I is, love that. Which is just like, look, if you, especially if you have like an open-ended goal, um, which is like so far away and it's like you're just working to like reach something and you absolutely hate the process, then the chances are that you're probably not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you fall in love with the everyday, like, and look, I'm not saying every day is going to be like wonderful. You can't, you can't, you can't like view it through rose tinted glasses, but yeah. if you fall in love with doing that and like getting like a little incremental, you know, like positive every single day, then there's, um, a, there's a much larger chance that you're going to achieve your goals. I love it. I love it. That is, that is really good advice. Like genuinely. Um, I think that's a really good way to actually break up this conversation as well because I think that's a lovely little... There we go. Because the sound bite. Oh, we're drawing a line under this section <laughs> of it. <laughs> I think it's great time to bring in everyone's favorite segment oh it's not the legendary are you gonna sing with me i mean i might try (laughs) it is time for pointless fact of the day beautiful that was that was did we harmonize that i think we did i think we 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 just did we did that was nice best friends (laughs) (laughs) i I just thought i had to say it yup i had to like i had to come in on here and like do a bit of popular reference quotes i mean i think pop culture is probably like 80 percent of my chat so (laughs) I think I'm a little insight I'm into. I don't have any original thoughts. <laughs> like, like just, it's literally just <laughs> quotes, quotes. It's just quotes here and there. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first, or shall I, for a pointless facts? You know, I don't know. Would you like? I'll you, go first. You go first. I'll go first. So, as always, mine is interactive. The listener always likes to get involved. I think probably getting fed up with how hard they are, but I don't want to embarrass myself. That's the only thing. That's what everyone says, but I, I think. You weren't on this one. It's, it's not too hard. Don't say that. <laughs> I think I'm only saying that because I have the answer in front of me. <laughs> not um, so, how many counties are there in England? Ooh, so just England we're talking just about here. Just England. Because in Scotland, I was looking, there was so many, like... Blah, 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 yeah, they've, 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 well, they've got, like, if you go up into, like, northern Scotland... They, they're tiny little ones. Tiny little ones. So, so, we're not, we, don't so want, England, we don't want that. How many counties are there in England, just to reiterate that? Oh, you see, like, this is quite an accessible question, so I should... I don't know, I feel like I should do all right at it, but... You could get, I think you could get close, but it's, um... But yeah. I don't want to come out with, like, thousands. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's low. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty low number. I'm going to go so. with 26. That's, a, that's a, not a bad guess, actually. It's, it's, it's actually 48. 48? Oh, that's way more than I thought. <laughs> no, but I thought you were going to go, like, either, like... <laughs> You know, I wasn't going to go like three. <laughs> <laughs> just between twenty and fifty, I'd say. Yeah, so forty-eight. Forty-eight, 48 counties. Yeah, yeah. How many do you think you can name? Not that oh, we're going to do this. This God. would be. I'd, I mean, only the cricketing counties. Because well, this is well, cricket. this is the thing. Once you love cricket, then yeah, you've got, yeah, then you've, you've, you've got, got, got half of them down, haven't you? <laughs> but there are there are some ones that I just always forget are even there. I thought it was a good one. So that is quite 48 a good one. counties in England. Remember that, or don't. You know, it is a pointless fact after all. So yours. <laughs> I love that. You can remember it or you can't. <laughs> they are the two options, Luke. <laughs> uh, what is yours? Okay, so mine's a little bit different. Um, I know people usually come on, they do something related to the conversation topics, but. I like screw that so, something um, completely so I was like I don't know like I've put quite a bit of thought into this right and so my pointless facts of the day um, so you know America they have 
the, obviously like the nuclear codes and whatnot. Uh-huh. And apparently, so the nuclear codes are written on like this little card, which is called the biscuit. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so Jimmy Carter apparently had the biscuit in his, um, this is alleged by the way, so it's yeah. never been confirmed, but he had the biscuit in his um, suit jacket and he sent it to the dry cleaners and that had all the nuclear codes on it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the hell? I believe that. So apparently, like, this is, like, a big rumour within, like, the Washington kind of circles, and they kind of take it as as truth. Oh, my God. And Why would you have that on I know. Little... Imagine sending it to the dry cleaners of all places. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just this. I've also got a follow-on. So there have been kind of a few um, a few instances of this where they've kind of gone, like, oh, where are the codes? <laughs> um, and apparently after the um, assassination attempt in 81 on Reagan... Um, obviously, he was rushed to hospital and he was split from his military aide who carries the, it's called the football, the big black briefcase, yeah, which has yeah. like all the nuclear information in. Um, and so obviously he's been shot, like they get him into like the um, the hospital and he's about to go into the operating theatre. Mm-hmm. And so they have to like cut off his suit, which apparently he was really annoyed about because it was custom. But anyway, <laughs> so the biscuit was in his suit <laughs> with all the nuclear codes on. But just why would you have it on like a little on I the know, biscuit? I know, well, that's crazy in itself. What but like, because he's supposed to have it on him at all times. And they just found it in medical bags in the hospital. And oh they were like, well, God. that was lucky. <laughs> Imagine if that just got into the wrong hands. I mean, the world would have been, would have been ended. But I don't understand how it really works, the process. Oh, apparently, must be really apparently they send a code, like the challenge code, and then he has to respond with the challenge code, which is on yeah, the biscuit. Because yeah. but... in the film, it's always the big red button and you... Yeah, they, they, they don't have a red button. Obviously not, you'd hope not. <laughs> kind of cool, though. Yeah, pretty cool. Like, don't push the red button. Do First it, thing you do... <laughs> straight in. That's a very good pointless fact. I really like Thank all you. of that. That was Thank very you. good. And that concludes... Pointless, pointless fact of the day. You really send that. I like that. Oh, thank I really you. like that. So, yeah, first off, we, we, we really just spoke about Tom from the age of 16. I really enjoyed that. We got yeah. into it. Just that that mentality thing, you know, being driven, finding enjoyment, um, mm. breaking it down. Um, you know, Tom's a very high achiever and is, is very, very impressive. Um, in this second half, I guess we're going to talk about work. You know, you're, you're in work. You're I'm working work, right now. Yeah. And... One area, I know we spoke about this a bit before we came on, on yeah. air. So, you know, even though you're a very high achiever and you always have been, you've worked hard, you know, you believe in yourself, you have that self-confidence. We spoke about imposter syndrome, didn't yes. we? And I think it's a great place to start this second half of the conversation. So could you just, I guess, illuminate a little bit what we mean by a, an imposter syndrome? So I'm not going to give a dictionary definition. If anyone thinks I'm wrong, think? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> what, what you, uh, but in my, in my mind, imposter syndrome is something where it's, it's the psychological effect that as well as you can do as much as you've achieved. And look, even if you have like tangible things to look back on, which is like success, you still have this self-doubt and you don't think you're good enough. Yeah. So there are, I think there are kind of like five strings to it, but I think the main one is that you never think that you're good enough and you question why someone has chosen you to do something or you question why, um, essentially why you never think that you're good enough to do one particular thing. Yeah. And so this is prevalent in the workplace and especially in like the recruitment process where like you get into a job and then it's, you know, you might be like, oh, well, I'm struggling here, but I've done so well before. And like, you obviously deserve to be there. That's why they've chosen you. Mm-hmm. But you question, have they chosen the right person? Wow. And that kind of like, and that's quite, I don't know, it's quite mentally damaging. Debilitating. Yeah, it's debilitating where it's like, well, why, why am I here? What am I doing? That's, and, um, that's a big question. And so it's a massive thing at the moment in big companies. Mm-hmm. And also, I read a report of something like in CEOs especially, and these are like people who are like running the companies. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. 
you can't get a CEO who's just been like come up through all the ranks or whatnot. And no, you, no, you have to be. You have to be impressive. Very impressive individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, like it's a big thing where they have like this sudden realization. They're like, "Why am I here?" But do you not think it keeps you humble? Because imagine if you were like. I deserve this. <laughs> I am the man Com- or the comes, woman. This is me. I think it com- comes, comes back to the ego thing. Exactly. <laughs> I think in many ways, it, obviously it presents its own challenges, but I, I can imagine it keeps you grounded. Uh, yeah, I think, look, I think there are two sides to it. One, it's like, don't go out there and be an egotistical, extroverted, arrogant. Like, <laughs> I can think of a lot of bad words for that. But um, <laughs> at, the, at the same time, look, self-doubt is also debilitating. So look, there's a happy middle place. Let's go yes, with yes. it's good to It's good to be hungry. And to yeah. always, and to kind of say, am I good enough? And that maybe drive you forward. But at the same time, it's good to have self-confidence. Yeah. And, and, and as we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as, as we defined at the start, self-confidence doesn't mean, you know, you always have this image of like some guy doing the Conor McGregor work, you know, <laughs> or, you know, just like a girl, a guy, a girl, um, or a guy who, who's just very mouthy. That's yeah. what the image is I don't know why it is but that's what comes to mind I just I have it's the, just not that yeah I have the image of quiet, like just a self-confidence yeah I have an image of just a person like in your face yeah, just yeah, like incredibly yeah, like, loud obnoxious yeah exactly but that is not it often the loudest person um, is probably the, you know the most boring I would say it's probably or insecurities probably insecurities not, not to get deep but it probably is yeah, I think it is <laughs> I, I definitely think that but yeah, just probably the easiest people to psychoanalyze. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to get one on here and see what happens. You know, a big mouthy oh, arrogant person. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are plenty of those. Uh, but yeah, so you you work at a big company. I do. Yeah, yeah. you work at a big company. Do you do you enjoy that culture of the 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 big company? Do, you know, do you feel that? It makes you feel important, almost. You know? <laughs> An elevated sense of self-importance. Well, just just in the sense of um, you know, it's. It, I can imagine I'd probably feel like that a little bit if you get in. Just getting into these big firms is hard yeah, enough. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think about it like that to be honest. And also, look, I think it's quite important to kind of make this distinction that yes, it is a vast company, and it. So like I work. So to just cut it straight, I, I so I work for Deloitte mm-hmm. um, at the moment in the Manchester office in M and A. Yeah. And yes, the company is absolutely vast, and I don't know how I would get it wrong, but there are th- tens of thousands of employees worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a vast, vast network. Um, All the big four. Are- they're Crazy. huge. Look, yeah. I mean, big questions about whether they should be split up, which yes. which we might get into. I don't know. But um, but at the same time, yes, it's a vast network, but you work in very small teams. Yeah, so within my nice. department, um, I think there are 12 to 14 of us, oh, something nice. like that. Yeah, yeah. So even though like it's a, a very, very big company, I don't feel that on a daily basis that because I interact with exactly the same people every day. Yeah. And even within like my small team, I mean... On a project, I'll be working with through the people. Okay, right, that's really good. Thing, so there's you had that bond with people exactly, guess, yeah. and it's and even then it's quite flat. So you will be doing the job like everyone could like obviously like the partner does a review job and they have like the general strategic direction, and then an AD will probably like sorry assistant director they'll probably like lead the projects on a daily basis mm-hmm. and then you filter into them but then you might filter into the partner the partner might ask you to do stuff so there's it's, it's quite it's quite personal which i do yeah, like that you, i like that element of it because yeah the question that always gets asked is of people this is who work in these big companies is that feeling of being a cog in the machine it's a it's a very it, common I phrase think if, if you think about it too on a too much of a macro scale yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's very easy to feel like a cog mm-hmm. but on a daily basis, I, I don't feel like that at all. Well, working in small teams is the way forward. I genuinely believe that yeah. having the bonds with people um, is so important, yeah. isn't it? To make you want to go in each day. Um, that idea of a, almost, I, want, I don't want to say community, but 
I suppose it is a similar type feel. You know, you feel connected to that yeah. community, your team. Because um, I don't know why, like, I, I just had this thought the other day. I have a lot of existential thoughts, as you can tell. <laughs> um, but I was just, yeah, I was walking through Manchester and, and it was just like, you know, a sea of windows, all these firms and these buildings yeah. and just people just sat there. And I just had this image of them just like going in, sitting there, doing the same that's thing, such leaving. A, that's such a bleak thought. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to my world. <laughs> Whilst so... I do crack some jokes, it's all it's all existential <laughs> oh up here, baby. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's such a depressing way of looking at it. That's a standard. Yeah, standard day. Standard day. I don't, you know, make a little standard day in the office for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess that's not. What you're saying I, is I, I, I don't look. I think that it's very easy to look at it like that, but I don't think that's the reality of a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you go in, look, and you know everybody. Um, you're very personal with them, like as a team. Like everyone knows what people are doing. Mm-hmm. You catch up on each other's lives. Like, oh, how's your weekend being? Blah blah oh, blah. Yeah. You catch up. Like, so one of someone in my team just got married, and like yeah. six people from the team went. Oh, that's and like lovely. everyone that's becomes like really good friends. That's so nice. You know, you yeah. have like a WhatsApp chat going, and well, like you spend so yeah. much time with each other, don't you? Yeah, you're spending like, nearly all your waking hours with. with you spend other. more time with people at work than you do like your family. So it's yes. like if you don't get along with them, then you're that in you're in you're in real trouble. But that's where the culture is so important. And I think that. Look, the big four do get... I mean, they might get slammed a little bit, and there have been a few FT articles recently. Oh, which, yeah, I've been oh, reading those. Have you actually? Which oh, ones? Yeah, I've been re- well, there's been a lot of stuff about the scandals. That have been been a, there have been quite a few scandals um, recently. Which is, But I think this, I, I think it's easy to hone in on the big four. I think it happens in a lot well, of Well, it is. Look, I think it happens everywhere. But, look, I think it's prevalent in these institutions because they are just massive. Okay, exactly. So when yeah, you've got... They're going to come into the spotlight a lot more. I, I can't... I, as I say, I don't know the exact figure, but let's say you have 32,000 employees... There's, there's going to be a bad egg. Of course, like, yeah, this is the thing. This um, is the thing. It's not like you go to those companies and you become a, a bad egg. No, but you, you are. You're going to get that everywhere. I think exactly. But the people who I interact with on a daily basis are great. Like They are really, really just good people who are good at their jobs. I think that's fantastic. I mean, and, does it feel like you're in a small company in a way because of, you said yeah. that small team? If you don't think about it on the macro level... Well, it's, it's, like well, it's, it's such a boring way of looking at it, but I'm going to say it anyway. But it's like every single team has its own P&L. So every single team like has its own targets. Like, yes. We want to sell this much a year. Yeah. And so like we, they manage their own projects and then that filters into like... The overarching. Well, that filters into like an office and then mm-hmm. that office will filter into the UK and that mm-hmm. UK will filter into Southeast Europe. But anyway, Northwest amazing, Europe, yeah. whatever it is. Like, yeah. Amazing, yeah. So it doesn't have that feel about it. No. Did you ever think about working for a smaller firm has it always been I want to work for a big four so I mean um, so on my personal path it's always been so I so I joined Deloitte as, as an 18 year old yeah. so um, you had Mike Burns on the other day he mm. was talking about joining as a bright start fantastic mm. scheme um, but as I joined the scholar scheme so yeah. I actually did my um, my welcoming event with Mike because it really? was so okay. I, jo- I joined in the tax department because um, that was the one which was available and yeah. it was it was an amazing experience there um, and so there was a joint tax audit kind of social in, I think it was in Northampton. I'm not sure. It's kind of like a golf hotel there. It was quite nice. nice. It's no, quite that sounds lovely. It was, yeah. it was lovely actually, you know, yeah. and it was kind of like a two day thing where it's like all the scholars and the bright starts got to know each other because you're in the same boat. Like mm-hmm. you're 18 year olds, like you've got grads coming in who are like 21 who have a lot more life experience. So it's kind of like making you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so I so I joined then. Um, I then did nine months pre-university, and then it kind of like did a bit of work every single year. So I did ten weeks in the summer. I did two weeks every now and then at Christmas and at um, Easter. So it was kind of for me. It was always like once I got in the door, there was a progression. So you know, of course. Yeah. So I started as a scholar, and then they invited me back, and I, I got offered a job um, first year at uni. 
so I, I always knew that option was there mm. and so it kind of it was like it's just a it was just you, you worked in summers uh, I went summers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the other thing, you know, rather than be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to have a summer where I just relax. It was like, get me back in the office, baby. Oh, man. I know, but like, <laughs> do you know what? Like, university summers, as we both know, are yeah. ridiculous. They're like, too long. You finish in what? So my, my first year exams, I finished on the 16th of May. Mm. And we restarted on, I think in, I think in my second year, I restarted early October. So like, what are you going to do for all that time? I completely agree with you. I think it is too long genuinely yeah i just don't like you just don't need that much time Man, I'd, be, I'd be so bored sitting around like <laughs> yeah well this is this is obviously what we what we've picked up i mean i i you need purpose yeah don't you, you say the i put up the book the other day on our insta stories uh ikigai it's yeah. a japanese yeah. um phrase and it's about why do why do these blue zones why do they live uh so much longer why is life expectancy so much higher it's, yeah it's 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 purpose and what does that actually mean? It's like a whole intersection of all these different, you know, being healthy, you know, having something to work for. Yeah. And all of these different things add up to ikigai. And I love that. I think purpose is such an interesting word, though. But what... what, what, what I don't want to ask that. Because <laughs> what would it take? Yeah, essentially going on me. But, <laughs> what, oh, but it's, but it's interesting. So I know that you want to kind of go into this discussion topic later about the future of work. And everything which I've been reading has always been about purpose-driven lifestyles yes um so important taking away just mechanical automated work yes as that gets replaced with ai and whatnot um and Quite then literally mechanical li- yeah. literally <laughs> gets replaced by ai yeah, yeah, which yeah. in itself is scary but we're not going to go there are you uh, sure okay we'll go there we can we can go there i know um, we were talking about it again before we, well before we had the little preamble came, didn't right? we <laughs> yeah it's always good but obviously before um uh, come on air with guests we, we we have a good chat before because it helps you um add some clarity to your thoughts yeah. i guess you know because you think oh right that's actually a really good point you note that um and it just generally makes it easy it's good to try on. it out because it feels like yeah. you've already done it yeah exactly <laughs> well, I, well i walked in and i was like have we not really done this is, have you not been recorded well secretly? i thought you were gonna have like secret recording yeah, devices literally. and you were like oh that was fantastic well done well done, well like, done tom just yeah. like, <laughs> it's like a factory idea. here it's in and out of the d- it's revolving door that's an idea maybe i could just hide it in the fruit you know just have a little uh, <laughs> mic then i just pretend like nothing's happening i think adam buxton does something like that with his podcast so he records some when people walk in so when you get the most honest conversations. That's exactly yeah. it. Um, yeah. Well, to be fair, this has been fairly honest. I so think it's been quite frank. You, you get you get into it. The first 10 minutes, you're a bit like, um, you have to warm up, don't you? Yeah. But then you, you get on a roll. Time flies, what time, did I say? I mean, time absolutely does fly. For um, all the listeners, yeah. I mean, it's already um, it's already an hour. Um, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're serious. I'm being serious. We've done an hour. This is the thing for the we're listener. Gonna have, we're going to have to cut thinking, this down. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But... Yeah, I mean, you, you worked in this big company, haven't you? And, and and was it was it what you believed it would be? I think that's a big question. That's actually such a good question. Um, yes and no mm. is the most diplomatic answer I can come up mm. with. Um, yes, in the sense that people are very professional, people are very good at what they do. Um, and yes, in the sense that like you go in and the work is interesting and it's challenging and at points you don't know what you're doing and you kind of have those levels of self-doubt but then you overcome that doubt and then you learn more and it is a constant progression course, like yeah. everything is just set up in i think the big four especially are such hierarchical institutions mm-hmm. that like it is constantly set up as in you learn this you learn that you learn that you take a step up you learn this learn that and then that's a constant thing and for a methodical person that kind of works for me yeah won't work for everyone um but no in the sense that Honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot colder 
Um, people are oh, so okay. warm and receptive. Really? Okay. Uh, no, in the sense that, I don't know, like, you see, like, big, you know, you watch something like Suits, and I know this is such a terrible idea, and you expect it all to be, like, backstabbing and underhand. Oh, definitely. And you expect, and, like, people say, like, oh, don't lose yourself, don't lose your personality when you go into these places. I think that is, yeah. But it's it's just normal people doing a re- doing a really good job. Yeah, but why is that? I just don't understand why that. Do you think it is just purely from watching those shows? I think people have watched too much of like Wall Street and like. Yeah, well, yeah. God, I think so true. And look, that's so true. I, I can't comment on that because I've never worked Obviously, in that environment. But, but it's probably um, not really like that. As you said, it's just normal people. From who are pretty nice. yeah, from my experience, it's not solveless, and um, people aren't getting fired on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. Image, you're like, <laughs> You know, you can just imagine it's like this conveyor belt of people yeah. getting fired and then new people replacing them, but it's not yeah. like that, is you're, it? you're not getting fired because you looked at someone wrong or you wore the wrong colour tie. We don't even wear ties. Everything's <laughs> yeah, dressed down. Dressed like, down yeah, it's, it? everything's yeah, dressed is, down. Is that, how long has that been the case since you started? Or? So they trialled it over the summer of my second stint in corporate finance. Right. Um, and they, and they trialled it because it was it was the summer when it was so hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and essentially people were like, I'm dying in a suit. Please, mm. can we can, please can we uh, turn it down a bit? Um, and then they just found people happier. <laughs> like, it makes a big difference, I think. Yeah. Because, like, just the... Obviously, wearing a suit sometimes is lovely and, like, it, it, it can make you feel... It's almost like you're switching on. You put on your suit and you're like, right, I'm going to go and yeah. do work it's, it's quite good for your mentality because it's like a nice switch. Switch it's like, on, switch off. It's 100%. like, I'm, I think it's really good that people now have agile working and they can work from home. Yes. Because it means that people are allowed to, like change to their different like schedule requirements yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and that, like flexibility is good because you don't you don't so. i mean it's difference between living to work and working to live and whatnot yes. and so you should always have things outside of work yes 100%. um but at the same time like it's a similar thing with going to work and like wearing a suit is that like i go to work like you've entered the building mm-hmm. now it's like you kind of yeah, switch you switch, you switch on. on i think it's really important and i think for me like similar thing with putting on a suit and i know that this is like quite an old-fashioned like sentiment but yeah no, I agree with you. I, I do, but I think that idea that you just touched on of of, of flexible working is going to come in more and more. I think that's where the world is probably going to start going. Oh, hundred percent. No, I've, I've always thought like who who just said like right nine to five was it industrial something to do with I the think industrial it's revolution? Industrial revolution hours, yeah. yeah. And then like there was something about farming hours. I don't know yeah, about and, that. And, and that's yeah. that's why that is. But nowadays in the modern world, surely you know it should be. So if your contract is, let's say, seven hours a day, yeah. why can't you do it from 12 till 7? If why that's not? what you want to do... Why not? Why Why is that seen as, like, a bad thing? You yeah. know, if, um, if, you've, if you... I don't know, you have to look after your kids in the morning, let's say, and mm. but you still do the hours. Yeah, it just exactly. won't be the 9 till 5.30. Well, I mean, let's get even more liberal than that. Like, who says that you should be, like, confined by hours? You see, Sh- I'm a big believer it's target-based. There we go. I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge believer in the target-based approach. There we go, exactly. Because... I mean, I guess, you know, you're in that environment. Like, are people literally just there from, like, 9 to 5, 30, just working? You must have time where you, you just... Is that humanely possible so, to just look, be, like, switched there on? There is absolutely no way you can be productive from getting in at 9 no. to leaving at 5.30. And, look, I'm not going to... Like, people don't come in at 9 and leave at 5.30. People like people work really hard. Um, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. But like, there is absolutely no way. Look, we've got a we've got a, uh, a putting thing in the office yeah. where people just get up and do a bit of putting. I like that. Like we have balls that we throw around. Like we've got like uh, puzzle things that we can put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just do you know what? Like sometimes you just need to like take a step away from your desk, reach like recharge, yeah. um, and then just 
go again. Like, you cannot be productive for that amount no, of time. No, I think it's... But then it, there's this idea, there's this pressure, societal pressure to do that. I do well, think that. It's become this cutthroat thing that, like, you need to prove that you're good enough by being present. Just by being present, yeah, And yeah, look, yeah, yeah. and I fall into this trap as well, right? It's like, I haven't got anything to do, but I'm just going to stay for an hour. Yes. And I'm just going to, like, I'll go on Sporkle. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll do the old geography <laughs> quizzes I'll do, I'll, I'll do the flags of the world. Oh, or something like yeah. that. Oh, mate, it's great. That's it says a lot about us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's just that... People think just by being there is enough. But if you had a target-based approach, so you said, right, this week, I want you to do this. I think and if you do that, happy days. I think you would... Be, I honestly think that the world would be so much more productive. Massively so. So much more productive. Um, but also, like, yeah. Look, it's, it's good to be present because, especially if you're working in a small team, yeah. if you're not there and someone needs something doing, yeah. then it's going to be like there's a breakdown in kind yeah. of the processes. But at the same time, like, what is the point of just sitting there idly? Like, honestly, there are so many days where it's like, even though we're quite flexible in working, like, it is frowned upon if, like, you're in late or if you leave before 5.30. Well, if you come in, at, I mean, they used to, you have to clock in, didn't you? When yeah. You, you, still, you don't still do that. So we've got, an, auto, we've got an automated system called SAP. Right. Uh, well, no, it's actually moved over to a thing called Swift. And um, you clock in how many hours you've done a day. So you have to do seven and a half hours a day. So, again, this is that kind of, like, rigid point. Um, and then you have codes so you have a client code and you put down a certain amount of time to a code mm-hmm. um, and in tax it was brutal because it's like you have to account for every point one of an hour that you work on and then someone will call you up if it's like if you've done like I don't know if you've done like four hours on a project but you know you've been really like unproductive and you put all four down, four hours down to a client code yeah. uh, someone might then do like the whip analysis which is a fancy way of just pulling off the time yeah. and they'd be like why'd you put four hours down to that yeah. And it's like, and it's like, did you not do three point eight? Did you not do four point two? And it's quite brutal. But I just find that baffling. I, I genuinely know. do. It's like it's <laughs> so mechanical. But, you know, as we were but, saying, like bang. But look, in these businesses, like you have to be so efficient with the way in which you like charge clients. I do understand um, that. I do. Look, I look, I get both sides of it, but I also think it's just so rigid. Um, it's a bit archaic, just yeah. in the modern world, you know. And well, I've just been reading a lot about this remote work. I'm, I'm very interested in it. So. Um, a lot of startups out of Silicon Valley and, and, and companies in, in San Francisco, so yeah. mainly in America, but it's it's so expensive just to have an office nowadays. Uh, most places... It's crazy. It's yeah. so expensive for a lease. Um, so usually, yeah, what's going to start happening, apparently, is people are just going to live all around. And then the, there's new technology coming from Google, which is crazy, where it's like an apparition. You know, it's something you see in like a sci-fi Oh, film. my God, like a hologram. So, yeah, like a yeah, hologram. Yeah. So they've trialled <laughs> it. It's Alphabet, the... So they've trialled it in 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 these companies. So like, rather than just a big conference call, it's like you're there. God, that just reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah, literally, (laughs) literally, when they like pop up, when like Mace Windu pops up, pops up, yeah, yeah, but it's literally going to be like that. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, because you just think like that, that'll happen in like two thousand years. You know, the year four thousand. It's going to happen in like the next two science fiction is crazy. Yeah, but I, I find that interesting. So I think, well, that has benefits, but also does that Add to a bit of loneliness. You know what I mean? Because like you, you said being in an so office. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting you say that, which is because like I'm constantly surrounded by people. So mm. it is impossible. Well, not impossible because there's different forms of loneliness. But the, the, just by virtue of being physically around people, mm-hmm. it's obviously like it, it's again like obviously you can be lonely and still be around people. But like it obviously makes it. No, less, it makes it, it, makes less, it less like, like it makes yeah. it less likely and especially if you have a good culture where it's like you're going in you've you've got friends at work and whatnot mm-hmm. um it yeah it does make it easier 
Um, I think so. Yeah. And like, it's, it's really interesting because my 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 mum. So this is just like a niche example. She um, she works from home. Mm-hmm. Like her and my dad work together. Um, and so she used to go into an office, see the same people every day. And now she's like, she works from home. It's just her and the dog. And she's like, well, if I don't go out for a meeting or something, or I don't like take the dog for a walk and like interact with people in town, like I'm going to see someone for yeah, a whole for day. Like a day. And yeah. that is weird. Imagine going a whole day where it's like, you haven't like said a word. to contact with another, with another. I think solitary being. is just like the it's, worst. It's horrible. Yeah. Really. But, but I also think it's, it's almost similar to like your Instagrams and your Facebooks. Cause you feel like you're interacting with people, but, but you're, you're not. not. There's, it's a, it's a very different thing. Actually it, seeing someone face to face. But it's the way that I feel like the world is going a little bit. Like, Whilst flexibility is important, I'd say remote working is not the way because I think that will distance us, you know? Look, yeah, it's, again, it's like obviously there are going to be two extremes. On the one hand, like having absolute remoteness is, um, is sorry, like it's, it's a massive positive because it allows you to be flexible with how you work. But exactly, there's always going to be drawbacks. So there's got to be a happy medium somewhere happy where medium, you right? might work remotely for like the morning because you're doing your childcare or something. Mm-hmm. And then you can come in in the afternoon, like, or you take a day off to work from home and then you that's come in it. the next day. And is that stuff it? Tar- target based, flexible approach. I mean, do you, do you think that's where the future is? is I, I, gen- I, genu- I genuinely do. And it's interesting because I know that we've both been um, kind of looking at the news recently and you look at places like Finland. Yeah. Yes, where it's day. like, I mean, it's so it's not. It's what not, do you think about that? I, I'm, I'm very interested. Before I work I was saying this to my mum, and she, she's she thinks it's ridiculous, but um, <laughs> because look, there's obviously the point that if you're not in and you're not working the same amount of hours, a lot of jobs are just experience based, and yes. if you're cutting down your experience, then yes, yes. you're not going to be trained to the same degree as someone who you know necessarily has done more hours Mm -hmm. and so some jobs you really do need to just clock in hours and hours and hours um but it comes back to this thing where it's like a happiness index Mm -hmm. and that it has been shown that you know i think microsoft did um they did an experiment in japan where 40 percent of the people came out and they felt more productive on a four-day working week and they felt happier and their general lifestyle was better yeah well that's it it's that work life i mean I just don't know until we've trialed it properly it's in this country it's hard to have yeah uh, an opinion because there isn't really any you can say like oh New Zealand and, and Finland are bringing it in and but Sweden tried it in Gothenburg and stuff they, like that did they right well, okay, so what, what came out of that is again like, everyone was really happy but they just noticed that costs were increasing yeah. right also people realise like, there's, um, there's an environmental angle to this okay. because obviously if you're not going into work every day um, you're not getting you're not buying food out because you know a lot of people like massive industry people who go into work they'll go out and buy a prep or they'll go to yeah. eat well the same thing now but they'll, they'll go around the you know and there's a lot of plastic plastic involved Wastage, in that isn't yeah, there of course whereas if you in, i've never thought about it like well that, so actually. i hadn't thought about that and then yeah. i read something about it and then if whereas like if you're flexible working you're working from home you cook your own food one it's you know cost effective, cost effective but yeah. also like you're you're stopping this kind of like disposable like we're very like the economy is becoming incredibly like i need things now very fast paced yes. very disposable yeah, well, cons- we're, consumers we're becoming, but and i think there's been a little shift recently you know reusable cups and stuff like that it's and hopefully slow, for the better though, but, but it's it looks, slow, it's slow change says, yeah. but i think we did go very far one way where we were just like we want things now we want things ready packed for us basically we want things easy but and, then it's still like you look at amazon amazon prime it's like next day delivery. Like you are, it's going to happen. It's going to be with you. Have you away. seen their recent thing that they're doing next day delivery on all items, not including Prime? So they've had a massive investment in it, and that oh, is crazy. That, but like the people working there, that must be horrific. Well, it must be horrific, but also like all like the waste with all like the packaging yeah. and like it just I don't know. It just exacerbates this kind of culture, Love which has started to in, infiltrate our society. Yeah. 
I love that word, sorry, exacerbates. I love the word exacerbates. Oh, Do you know why? It just sounds like, nice, It, it? sounds It good. sounds great. I, so I say it all the time. Sorry, I'm just picking up on this just because it's triggered me. So, um, I say that word like too much because um, <laughs> in I had an exam in second year, right? And I didn't, I don't know why, because I was like 19 years old, 20 years old. Yeah. But I just had a, like a mind block about what exacerbates was <laughs> so the question was something to do with like india's economy in the course i was doing yeah. it was like did this exacerbate da, 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 da. and for some reason i thought it meant improved no and obviously it means the complete opposite of that it just means to make something like to make something more intense doesn't it or like to yeah. heighten something or just a, yeah but it's I, hard to describe it's like it's, but i just got it but i just got it wrong yeah in that exam <laughs> and i just did terribly because i just misinterpreted the entire question so you know when you get I love how the wrong, premise of said, your argument was all like based on your like grasp of english <laughs> literally but as we said before like you learn more from, from your failure don't you so yeah. even with that word now i'm just like right that's a nice little small example leaky i like you. that we're, we're going back to the earlier bit Thank of the you. pod that and... wasn't just a, an aimless ramble there was <laughs> no. um, some point to it but yeah i love this uh, the, it fascinates me in the future of work yeah Genuine, there's so much about it like i kind of find it a bit bleak you touched on ai automation i just think it's so bleak it's to think of us just serving machines what a lot of the things talk about as we touched on before like this purpose based life and like if your purpose is just like servicing a machine what I, is I, that? I, I don't know and like everyone says like oh quality of life's going up where it's like well yeah quality of life's going up in like certain areas of this world surely like the progress needs to be like creating greater global equality yes, yes. like surely that's the progress the progress shouldn't be. be like my machines are doing stuff for me exactly. in the richest parts of the world and look automation is great and look, we're obviously we're picking up on too. like some larger themes automation in factories Fantastic. We're talking about like the internet, the internet of things now being rolled out in loads yeah, of factories where yeah, you just get yeah. real time information and stuff like that. Of and course, yeah. that does really solve a productivity gap, which we have in the world. But at the same time, a lot of people's jobs are going to be replaced well, and the, the labor problem, market is going to be so different in 10 years time, 20 years time, 30 years time. They're going to be like, as you said, so many people's jobs are going to be made obsolete. So what are we going to do then? That's a big question. You're going to have to create a whole new benefit well, you, system probably. Well, you just, you create new jobs, don't or you? New and, jobs to serve them. Um, but then serving machines... Yeah, um, it comes back to this, doesn't it? Where it's like, well, people, who's going to be dominant in this force? Well, there's always going to be... Look, there is always going to be a case for human beings. Like, we're not, we're not going to become well, obsolete beings, are we? Emotional intelligence is something that hopefully machines can never, ever have. You hope. Uh, when that happens, then we're <laughs> then, really screwed. And then we get to iRobot, and it's <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, oh, then it's we're just that's, 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 that's too, that's I, too much. Yeah, I, I, think we're getting a, I think we're getting a little bit too paranoid with the whole <laughs> and, or, or it, thing. You, but, you imagine the worst-case scenario, though, don't you? <laughs> always. But I, I think the, the, something that I find important to remember is like the importance of soft skills so these yes. transferable you know adaptable skills yes um where you you know it's, it's estimated we're going to have like six careers our generation i know uh, which is mm-hmm. mad but then how can you mold yourself to each job seamlessly you well, know you, we say this but like obviously like if you have six careers they're going to be like slightly interconnected of course, no, of course very of course. rare it's not going to be like i'm going to be a journalist and i'm going to be a mathematician and then be a lawyer and like, like and then no, no, but it, it might be a fisherman i don't know right <laughs> yeah. rogue. Um, but, but obviously they'll be interconnected but you'll still need to have this sort of like malleable well, I think quality, that's well, your character and your values and your ability to talk to people. That's something that you take through, it's isn't it? I, yeah. I think emotional intelligence is something that we touch on 
uh, on this show a bit. I think it's such an underrated quality. Oh, yeah, I, yeah I, sounds so pretentious. I read a book that said exactly like the same thing. Um, it's by Daniel Goldman, if anyone wants to read it. And it's essentially, link it in the description. And it's, it's, it's essentially saying that like your emotional intelligence qualities, whilst your IQ might help you get a job and whatnot and demonstrate your talent, but it's actually like your emotional intelligence, which determines how successful you're going to be in a job. Because no matter what job it is, like you are still going to need to interact with people. Essentially, Always. we are like we're communitarian beings. Like mm. we we cooperate. We need things from other people. Yes. Like there is this duality of wants yeah, and, yeah. and desires. And so, like if you need to interact with people, people want to interact with nice people. Of like, do, yeah. There's like the underrated yeah. aspect of just like smiling, being positive. It's such an important thing. Yeah. It's it's something you don't overtly think about, but yeah. you you should like just yeah, if you do 100%. little things like that. So, I mean, if you pick that up at work, just like. Yes. Being that that what you yeah give off your the impression you give off you get makes a big so difference. much more from people when yes. you're open when you're nice when you ask about them and I think this is also another really important thing to talk about is like people obviously get very wrapped up in talking about yourselves everybody loves talking about themselves of course but as soon as you talk about other people like they light up the, the worst uh, like people are um, not the worst people that's very harsh but like people <laughs> sorry who, if you're out there and, oh, you're gonna, and you fit into this description that Luke's about to put out but like if you're not listening you're just waiting to talk yeah do you know what I mean and yeah. I think this I think I used to be quite bad at that but then this doing this has really helped because obviously I have to oh, listen I, to I, the I can imagine this process is like incredible for your soft skills massively just, because you're just, just talking picking to up people. what you're saying yeah and like it is crazy because it made me realise what I used to be like might have been someone who was just waiting to shove something into the combo <laughs> I think everyone is a bit like that though like yeah. I know people listen and, and but like if you if a thought comes to your head, you're like, oh, I need to say this. Oh, I need to say this. This is the most important thing people are ever going to ask to be said. I'm going to reinvent the wheel right now. <laughs> listen to me, but, uh, <laughs> but it's ne- you know it's never the case. So just just listening, it's a it's another a really important skill, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, hundred oh, hundred percent. No, I completely agree with you. And, um, and and making people feel important. And I think that like when 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 you're in the workplace, like you when you especially when you first enter the workplace people think they know stuff you don't know anything like people do not know uh, look they're obviously very like they're obviously this is overgeneralizing and there are specific professions where you can go in and you will have had vocational training before and you can hit the ground running but in but especially like in the industry which i work in you go in and really you are not that useful <laughs> you really do not know a lot of stuff yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like it takes so much time and so much experience to learn stuff mm-hmm. And so how do you set yourself apart? One, obviously being a fast learner yeah. is helpful and picking things up, but it's how do you interact with people? Yeah. And that's what's really going to set you apart. That's my I think perspective that's, anyway. I think it's a really important point. Yeah, and I think it's so great to hear it from you, someone who's in that environment already. Yeah. It's not someone who's just hypothesising you've experienced it. People want to work with people who they like. Yes. Fundamentally. And, and it seems so basic, but it's, people forget it's, that. It's such a, like, yeah, it's such like a, a basic kind of intuition. But, yeah. And it is just an intuition, but it's so true. It is. Yeah. I think that, I mean, honestly, we've spoken about so many interesting things in this. We've gone on so many tangents. Yeah, but that's what it's all, this is what the beauty of this is. It's just a combo. We want people listening, you know, as I do when I listen back, and you pick up on something, and that's why we tweet out the articles, yeah. which I'm sure we will. We've read quite a lot for this, haven't we, on the work front? Um, We'll tweet out a few things. I think it's interesting that both of us came, when we were preparing for this, we came at it with the sense that we'd already read loads of stuff and we kind of wanted to talk about about. that and then we went and did some further reading. Yeah, I I just think 
that one thing about like target based is so interesting. Yes, and and just being being a good person. Yeah, so I, I think if there is one takeaway from this show, yeah, just, just being a good person it's is good. <laughs> yeah, it's an underrated thing, definitely. But look, Tom, I mean, this has been a fantastic convo. I mean, I've I've enjoyed it. Oh, so mate, much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. It goes I mean, so quickly. Doesn't it does. It? I mean, it what, what so we are now. Uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we've, when we've got <laughs> off. Uh, but I think you know, for the listeners, we hope that you've really picked up a lot from Tom. I, you know, I've, I've wanted to bring him on for some time um, because he is a very interesting individual. You know, you've got a great drive, and that's obviously come across on Thank this. Um, and there's there's a lot of things that you can pick up from what from what Tom does to keep to keep that drive mm. to keep you know wanting to reach that goal um and we hope that you, you you found some real nuggets of wisdom in this i know i have yeah um, well as have i which is yeah Luke, which you, is, are, you are a fountain of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and wisdom yeah. you are a wise man just on young shoulders just <laughs> existential, <laughs> that's existential. um but yeah honestly tom like hopefully we'll get you on again well no thank future. you honestly i'd love to thank it's you for been a, me. it's been a real pleasure and and as you said um have a look on twitter after this because we'll be trying to you know Get out these articles that have informed some of you know mine and Tom's views, yep. uh, especially that target based, and just read about it. You know, it's, it's fascinating the the, the the way that the environment of work is going to shift in the next ten years. Yeah. So how can you prepare yourself for that? Well, as we said, just being you know a good starting place is just being a good person. Be a good person, because <laughs> that's not going to change. That's that not is gonna not going to change exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll obviously keep bringing interviews out. Um, I think one a week is the new process that we have. I think that's good. Um, it allows proper uh, preparation, you know, and we can really get into it like we have today. Um, and and I, I like the length. I like that they, you know, they're getting longer as well. We hope that the listener <laughs> has, has enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah. Um, so we, well, I will be back in the next week. So until then, keep doing what you're doing, guys. See ya. Bye.